Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Tuesday, the 26th of June. Well, after two trips across the Atlantic, so to speak, to the good old US of A in terms of guests,、uh, it's back to Blighty for an interview with this week,、uh, coming up on the show shortly,、uh, Martin Webb, who is、uh, the host of Channel 4's Risking It All、uh, sort of startup reality show. And he's also、uh, an author and columnist on the Daily Telegraph. But more important than that, he is、uh, an extremely successful businessman who ran and developed a whole chain of nightclubs and venues across、uh, the UK.、Uh, very successful, sold his business for millions, and、uh, is a serial entrepreneur as well. Interesting guy. And after having had quite a lot of recent、um, emails from people about, well, what about the risks in, in starting up? What about the risks in business? We also talk with Martin, or I also talk with Martin quite a, a little bit about some of the difficulties, risks, and failures. Martin, like many other currently successful entrepreneurs, having had failed business ventures too. Also, coming up in today's show, Part three of Kelvin Jones's Diary of a Wantrepreneur. And the usual roundup of、uh, listener comments and emails. But first, they,、uh, let me just say a big thank you to all those who've、uh, signed up and said hello on Facebook.、Uh, I, if there are serial entrepreneurs, there are also serial social networking. Freaks of which I fear I may be one, but、um, Facebook is、uh, to add to Ning, to add to Frapper. Pop by, loads of people seem to be on Facebook already, so、uh, do pop by, join in the Small Biz Pod、uh, group if you're there.、Um, say hello. Always good to meet people, to see people's faces. And also,、uh, whilst I'm here and、uh, thinking about it, if you happen to be going to the rather large party in London, which is free, At Imperial College and run by Chinwag, the kind of、uh, digital marketing、um, resource online.、Um, uh, if you're going to the big Chinwag party this summer, 5th of July, I'm going to be there.、Uh, I think Kelvin Jones is going to be there. I've not met Kelvin, so that'll be good to meet him. And a lot, a lot, a lot of other people too. So if you can make it,、um, sign up at the Chinwag page. I'll put a link in the show notes. And、uh, I'll see you there. Should be a great party. It's got、uh, some fantastic electronica, I hope, or some big chill music put on by the big chill、um, uh, in the sort of nightclub throughout the, throughout the evening, or music, music for, throughout the evening. So it should be really, really good. And I'm very much looking forward to that. So,、uh, with that little plug, if you, if you fancy free drinks, free party, and a chance to meet the host of Small Biz Pod,、uh, then、uh, look forward to seeing you there. But let's now get straight into、uh, the interview with Martin Webb. Okay, so、um, I'm in Upper Street in Islington in、uh, a bar called the Medicine Bar, which is part of a chain owned by Martin Webb, who many of you will know from、uh, his series, which he presents on Channel 4,、um, and also his column in the Daily Telegraph.、Um, And his all round profile. He is, I, I, I would describe him as, a, as a, a, one of the celebrity entrepreneurs who,、uh, who are around at the moment.、Um, Martin, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Thanks a lot. I'd, I'd like to point out that I'm not as wealthy as the other celebrity entrepreneurs, <laughs> so that, that's the big problem I've got with the whole thing. <laughs> so you're a, you're, a, you're a celebrity entrepreneur in the making. Exactly. <laughs> um, actually, is there more money in being a celebrity entrepreneur than in being an entrepreneur? Um, well, you can make 
being a celebrity into an entrepreneurial activity, that yeah. I've learned that over the last two years, that there's definitely a lot of money to be made out of presenting a TV show and not just the money you get from being paid by the TV company. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think um, celebrity entrepreneurs are the, are the celebrity chefs of the, the 2000s. If that's a terrible... We're going down a bit of a rat hole here. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, we'll, we'll move on from celebrity. Um, all, all that should be said is that you are... Um, you, are a very successful entrepreneur in your own right. Nobody, nobody becomes a celebrity entrepreneur without having been there, done it, and in your case, sold um, a, uh, a bar chain called Seaside for about 23 million in, a couple of years ago. Um, it's actually a bit less than that. It's 15 million. But okay. I, um, I, th- I think the reason that I've built my profile is that I'm a, a more user-friendly type of entrepreneur on the TV. I'm not like Alan Shearer. I'm, I'm not sort of constantly telling people they're fired. I'm not swearing at people. I'm not aggressive. Um, I think the reason that my profile is raised is because I'm an entrepreneur who's done exactly what most normal people want to do. I started a business from nothing, didn't have a silver spoon, didn't have any um, big chunks of money from parents or anything like that, and then built a business from, from next to nothing into something that's worth quite a lot of money mm. and enjoyed myself in the process. Mm. And I, you know, and I haven't turned into some egomaniac monster along the way. So that, that is probably why I've ended up in the position I'm in now. Uh, which brings me on to the title of your book, which is Make Your First Million, Ditch Your 9 to 5 Job. Now, that's quite a bold, um, salesy title. It's the kind of thing that people are going to pick up. It's, you know, quit your day job, become an entrepreneur. But you know, and I know, and probably an awful lot of listeners know, that it is not as simple as that, is it? It's not at all simple. But the reason the book has got that title is because it, a lot of the book deals with the actual... The, the decision and the process you have to go through to actually ditch your nice safe job that comes with a, a salary, car, benefits, health care and all the rest of it and actually take that sort of leap into the unknown and it's trying to sort of deal with a struggle that all budding entrepreneurs have about giving up the safety net to take on something that could potentially be hugely rewarding but could also go horribly wrong if you get it, if you get it wrong. And you did in your early career get it wrong, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I mean, the first ever business that I set up um, was a bar down in Brighton and I was in my mid-twenties and it just went, it, it was a complete cock-up, it, it went horribly wrong. And I'm scarred to this day by some of the things that happen and, you know, to this day, sometimes when the phone rings, my heart jumps because oh. I still have bad associations like a Pavlov's dog <laughs> with the phone ringing and creditors and people shouting yeah. at me for money. So... Although going through a failed business is an incredibly traumatic experience, and I don't recommend that anyone does it, if you do go through it, it's not the end of the world because there's powerful lessons to be learned from having a business go wrong. Mm. You don't make the same mistakes again. Although arguably in the UK we're, we're less forgiving in terms of business failure than, for example, people, you know, the, the, the mentality in the States where, where you know, there's an, I think there's, a, there's a, a saying in the States that, you know, you can't be a successful business owner until you've been a business failure. Uh, you don't quite get the impression that it, it, it's we're quite as forgiving in, in this country. Well, I mean, until a few years ago, get, becoming a bankrupt in in the UK was an incredibly uh, negative thing to happen, and mm. it, it, it sort of messed up your financial credit rating for the rest of your life, and it was a socially... It was, you know, it was like <laughs> committing murder. It's yeah. the same sort of par with that, yeah. being a bankrupt. And people yeah. were reported as being a bankrupt. Mm. Whereas now, mm. it's the attitudes have softened. It's a, an easier thing to get away with. I mean, I mm. never actually became a bankrupt. I just had a company that was wound up. Mm. Um, I think there's a difference between the two. No, absolutely. But yeah. um, it's... 
it definitely focuses the mind. And the thing I found presenting risking it all is that people often launch into their business without really sort of assessing the perils that come with it. Mm. So to have a failure under your belt, it's almost like a badge of honor and mm. it's something you can mm. learn from. Mm. And it, it, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And it's, that was certainly the case for me. And there's a kind of almost like a natural selection thing goes on, doesn't it? Whereas if, you, if, you've, if you've been through that, not succeeded, but then go on to start again, you can get over that and get up and, and go and build another business. That demonstrates really that you really should be an entrepreneur or in yeah, business. Yeah. And the, the others who don't, can't be bothered are basically have come to the conclusion yeah, that it's, it's not right for them. I, I totally agree with that. It's a very perverse way of looking at it by yeah. saying that if you, if you fail in business, <laughs> you're ultimately destined to be a successful entrepreneur. But th- there is some element of truth in that, that having a business fail is psychologically incredibly traumatic because it, it affects the way you live your life, your family relationships, relationships with friends, um, what you can afford to buy, your self-esteem, all sorts of things. So if you can overcome all those negative issues and then find the strength and the money and the sort of general strength of spirit to continue then yeah you've got a much higher chance of success the next time yeah now before this interview turns into a r- rather negative slant i mean uh, you know that's kind of that's kind of the health warning and we're in the medicine bar terrible pun but that's that's very appropriate but it was just sort of something i sort of considered as a the, the very positive title in your book when i know that you're keen to uh, from from risking it all and, and and other stuff that i've read of yours um you're keen to, to make sure that people go into, go yeah. into this with their eyes open. Yeah. The, the, whole, the whole point about this book is that I've obviously had a, you know, mainly up, but there's been some downs in my business yeah. career, and we just talked about those. And, and what, what I've tried to distill in this book is sort of, I've tried to take away the rose-tinted glasses, take mm. away the blinkers, and give people just some real practical tips on yeah. how to do it. And I think this whole million pound thing that, that even though inflation has made a million not quite as much as it used to be it's still a very evocative sum mm. of money mm. and to become a millionaire although there's a lot of millionaires in the country now from price price the price of houses going mm. up it's still something that's psychologically you know it's a, it's a good thing to achieve and it shows that you've um you've been you've had a degree of success so that's why um i gave the book that title and uh, I mean, you, you mentioned you know the, the practical advice. What you know? What are the key thing, key sort of practical things for somebody who is who is aiming to to, to be successful in whatever area of, of business or running their own business? What are the key things that they, you know, they need to focus on? It's like with anything in life. The, the, the biggest thing for me is is common sense. A lot of people decide to set up a business for often what I think are the wrong reasons. It's because they have a passion for cooking. They really want to run a restaurant. They love being in bars, so they want to run a pub. And just because you're passionate about something, that's great, but that's often not enough to set yourself up in business doing it because loving something and being a successful entrepreneur in that field are two different things. Mm. So what I've encouraged to do, what I've encouraged people to do, both in Risking It All in this book, is to sit down and listen to all the people who are the detractors. Because when, you, when you're trying to set up in business, everyone will tell you why you shouldn't do it. There'll mm. be 101 reasons. Mm. Your family will tell you because they, they don't want to be living on, you know, Asda economy burgers for the next three years whilst <laughs> yeah, yeah. you build a business. And your yeah. friends will tell you because it's schadenfreude. They don't want you to be more successful than they are. Everyone will tell you you're doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And the people that tell you it's great are probably the ones who are hoping you're going to cock it all up and yeah, yeah, fall flat on your yeah. face. But you should, you should listen to people. Discard a lot of it, but there's, a, there's generally a grain of truth in what most people say. And I, the first thing 
is you've always I, I, I want people I don't want them to lose their enthusiasm mm. but always have a bit of look at things a bit dispassionately and work out if your idea is really any good kind of learning the art of self-criticism which is very hard exactly I think all entrepreneurs are to some degree insecure paranoid all those sort of things but that's a good thing to be when you're a, um, an entrepreneur because if you can still be confident and sure your idea is going to work having analysed every way in which you could possibly go wrong then you're in a very strong position yeah now there are two schools of thinking one, one, one big issue for, for, for startups is money um, and there are two schools of thinking there's the, there's the bootstrapping school of thinking and then there's the most businesses are underfunded school of thinking and my impression and I may be wrong is that, you're, that you're, you're, you lean more towards the lots of businesses are underfunded how, how do you what advice do you give to startups in terms of funding um, well, I started my business on £5,000 that I'd saved up myself. So, um, having said that, as the business developed, we borrowed a lot of money. And I'm a firm believer that if, if your business is, gonna, is going to succeed, if you're confident of that, then borrow as much as you can. Because there's no point holding yourself back hmm. and expanding incredibly slowly and making things tortuous for yourself if you can borrow money at a reasonable rate. Uh, and borrow rather than give equity away? I hate the idea of giving equity away. I appreciate for some people it's the only option, but to give away half of your company and have someone sitting there doing nothing for the, the rest of their, their life and earning, you know, having 50% of your profit for your hard work is, is not a good idea. So I, I don't really like the idea morally of giving equity away. You, know, you can pay it back to a bank, and that's a much better situation. So you, you've just ruled yourself out of any future episodes of Dragon's Den then? <laughs> Yeah, I have really. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just talking about Dragonstone. I, I think it's great TV, but I just think it's car crash telly as well. Yeah, it's, it's very, yeah. it's very exciting to watch. I love it as a thing to watch, but I think it gives sort of um, business angels, you know, that sort of relationship. It gives, it gives it a bad name because business relationships don't need to be as aggressive as Dragon's Den sometimes comes across. Yeah, no, I mean, I, the, let's face it, most, most programmes on TV, including Risking It All to, to a certain extent, are as much about entertainment as they are about information, and, and we shouldn't forget that. Having said that, I think they've all played a really significant part in uh, boosting everyone's, or lot, 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 a new audience for, for, for starting and running their own business as a real career option. Yeah, I completely agree, because entrepreneurialism in this country has had such a bad name. You know, it's, it's Arthur Daly, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Del Boy Trotter, yeah. it's people like that, and that isn't at all what entrepreneurialism is about. It's about taking nothing, being creative, imaginative, working hard, and building something that's you know, substantial and, and yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I think anything that propels people down the road of taking control of their own financial lives and not being reliant on a, on a salary is a great thing to do. It's incredibly rewarding mm. financially, but not just financially. From a personal point of view, mm. it's a hu there's a huge sense of satisfaction that comes from running a, and building a successful business. Yeah. Now, you've done that, but you've also done um, something which uh, I personally am interested in, in the area of social enterprise now you you develop quite a unique concept known as the people's pub and i know i think there's only one at the moment but it, but based in brighton where all the profits from the pub get uh repaid back into the local community so so to all intents and purposes a, a social enterprise um what's your view on social entrepreneurship um it's a very personal thing and people have different views to this the reason I did it is because I ended up with a big chunk of money having sold the business and being sort of typically British and not very flash I felt a bit sort of guilty about that and 
I don't know why, I just did. Um, so I decided to use a very hackneyed expression, give something back. Mm. So I put up uh, a couple hundred thousand pounds, bought a lease in a pub, refitted it, and set it up as a sort of a separate entity. And we give all our entire net profit away. So all the managers, staff, rates, rent are all paid in the, in the normal way. But what's left in the pot um, every three months yeah. is divided up to people people are not animals not politics people who need it mm. in the Brighton Hove area mm. local to the pub mm. Mm. so it's, it's essentially getting back to the whole ethos of what pubs were originally like they were meeting places they were the focus of the community pubs nowadays are more to do with brands corporate chains food mm. stuff like that mm. Mm. Um, so it's to put pubs back at the centre of the community yep. and support the community. And so far we've raised, raised about £70,000 that we've given away to um, kids groups, old people um, and, and other sort of sectional groups within Brighton. I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that not, not just social enterprise, but, but, but you know, well-run, successful money-making businesses that employ people are actually providing a, a huge benefit to society and the economy. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think in Britain we have a slightly different attitude to uh, making huge sums. I don't know, if, don't know if it's Britain really. I think entrepreneurs are split into two camps. There are people who want to make their money do something good, and there are people who just want to buy huge lot yachts and mm. have submarines attached to them and things like that. You know, never the twain shall meet. One final question, which I had in mind, uh, which that last submarines attached to yachts has blown from my from my memory. Um, oh yes. Uh, you are really a serial entrepreneur. What's your next business venture? Um, well, I'm, I'm setting up a, a country sports estate down in France at the moment. I, I bought a, a derelict chateau down in the Limousin area with a farm attached and loads of land. I bought it on a bit of a whim. And having restored the place now, I'm going to uh, set it up as a place where you can go and enjoy riding, shooting, quad biking, all those sort of things. And hopefully it will make me a few euros rather than pounds. Okay, Martin Webb, thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Well, uh, I enjoyed that with Martin. He's a really uh, friendly, down-to-earth guy. What he, what he says is true. He, uh, he's one of those people you can, you, can, you can talk to and whose advice you can, I, I don't know, you feel you can trust. So uh, very good to talk to him um, in uh, the medicine bar. And uh, yeah, his book is out on amazon.co.uk, amongst other places, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's called Make Your First Million, Ditch the Nine to Five, and Start the Business of Your Dreams. So there we are, a little plug for the book, but uh, if, it's, uh, if it's what it takes to, to get an interview with, with someone like Martin, then that's cool. Um, so we, uh, I thought I'd, uh, before moving on to Kelvin Jones's next instalment of his uh, Diary of a Wantrepreneur, um, let's just go through some comments from uh, listeners this week. Uh, had a, an email from Jason Maslin who simply says, interview with Jason Kalakarnis for CEO of Mahalo.com was fantastic. Really fascinating listening, especially as it was in the stairwell. The stairwell seemed to attract as much, if not more, attention than either me or Jason Kalakarnis, but that's good. Uh, and so he says, well done. Uh, thanks, uh, John Maslin. And um, I also had an email from uh, Bill Martin, who said, subscribed and listened to Small Biz Pod yesterday for the first time. A really excellent show, and I look forward to hearing more. 
Uh, my background is as a pro musician, trainer and course writer, now working as a consultant advising Yamaha music school owners in the UK on the business aspects of running a successful music school. One of my current passions is how the process of making music, performance, crafting a good pop song that really hooks a listener, clarifying the emotional outcomes you want for the audience before you start to prepare your performance, etc. are directly transferable into business. And I actually linked to this post because he, he's put an interesting blog post up about how uh, the two are very similar. About starting a business um, is very similar to creating a, a pop tune, to all intents and purposes. A very interesting approach and may well get Bill on to, to have a chat at some podcast in, in the future. Uh, do check out his um, uh, post on that subject. I'll, uh, I'll, put, um, uh, I'll put some info in, in the show notes. Um, and also uh, had an email from uh, Adam Purcell, who is writing and says, um, PodCamp has finally come down under. Uh, myself and Jared Marden have joined forces to bring the PodCamp concept to a capital city in Australia. Uh, PodCamp, for listeners who are not familiar, is a kind of uh, free, easy, open conference on podcasting. Uh, it's basically, you know, you you don't pay to, to go. You turn up, uh, venues and so on are sponsored. So you just turn up, talk to uh, anyone who's there about podcasting. There are some structured sessions, but they kind of coalesce on the day. Um, uh, it's really a, a, a chance for, for people to learn from each other, to share experiences and just have a good time around a theme. And in this case, PodCamp. Uh, the theme being podcasting. So, uh, yeah, uh, PodCamp Australia is happening. I'll put details in the show notes. So if you're uh, listening uh, and you're an Australian listener, and I know the Small Biz Pod has quite a few Australian listeners, uh, then look out for that. If you're, if you, It's a great way, for example, if you're not podcasting and you want to learn, go along to PodCamp and you'll learn from a lot of people who are, who are doing it already. So uh, good on you, as they might say. Uh, good on you, um, uh, Adam. And then on to well, and whilst we're on the sorry, whilst we're on the subject of uh, PodCamp, PodCamp UK, uh, the UK equivalent and, and this kind of successor to PodcastCon. You'll remember that I organised with three other guys, three other podcasters, um, a couple of conferences, one in 2005 and one in 2006 called PodcastCon UK. Um, this year, uh, we're all kind of. Uh, taking a break and some other guys are putting on uh, PodCamp UK so similar concept going to take place on the 1st and 2nd of September in Birmingham so again I think lots of people will be there should be a good event nice relaxed vibe uh, yeah see you there I'm planning on being there so uh, that should be good too and more on PodCamp UK later in the year I've no doubt and then a quick email from a regular listener Lucy Follett who says uh, in reference to a, a post about uh, interview suggestions that I put up on one of the business forums she says well I've got a suggestion for a podcast for you lessons from failure many of the biogs and autobiogs I've ever read all seem to hammer home the point that you learn your harshest lessons from having failed I happen to subscribe to this point of view yet if you uh, search on Google under business failure. There are plenty of articles about how to avoid it, but clearly the startup biz fail rate suggests that these are not always heeded. Everyone likes to talk about how great it is to run your business, but what happens when things go wrong? How can you learn from your mistakes? So rather than asking the question, what makes a business succeed, I'd much rather hear from people who have failed, aren't scared to admit having failed, and most importantly, what lessons they've learned. 
Um, and she goes on to uh, reference uh, Martin Webb, who we've just interviewed. And this came in, I interviewed Martin actually a few weeks back, and this came. This email from um, Lucy came in uh, last week, I think. So there we are. I, we didn't focus entirely with Martin Webb um, on failure, but that, you know there were some elements there which I hope you found and listeners found useful, Lucy. And I'll also be coming back to the subject exclusively following that audio comment from a listener in last week's show you'll remember so yeah a topic that i do plan or i am planning on returning to and then uh i had some comments on the small biz pod blog under the interview with jason calacanis sam sethi who's very well known writes the vicosis blog lots of people in the sort of tech space will know sam says good interview with jc best i've heard he made loads of sense hope you're well uh, and sam is about to launch a new blog on sort of technology and startups called blognation.com uh it's kind of in alpha launch at the moment but do check it out www.blognation.com and also I heard from Karen again, um, and she says, thanks for cornering Jason in the stairwell. As Sam says, Jason makes a lot of sense, particularly re-giving content creators the choice of being rewarded. I was intrigued when Jason said he didn't think about the exit strategy when going into business. Wouldn't you want to have some kind of idea of the types of business people that may be interested buyers down the track? Sure, it could change along the way, given the many variables. However, uh, as you make deals, acquisitions, changes in direction, etc., you need some understanding of how this impacts your potential exits what are other people's thoughts uh good question what are your thoughts what are your thoughts about uh, having an exit in mind when you're planning a business personally i can understand why jason wanted to sort of play that side of things down perhaps in the interview uh, but uh, and i reckon perhaps plan a would be for uh, mahalo would be would be sell to google uh, that's a kind of distinct feeling that i got from from the interview but uh, we'll see. Okay, so that in essence is all the comments for this week. If you want to comment, all you need to do is go to smallbizpod.co.uk and you can leave a comment on the comment section under the blog or you could pick up the phone and uh, dial a number and leave a voicemail message and I'll quite simply uh, just play that on the on the show or you can send me an audio file whichever you prefer and of course there's always the email alex at smallbizpod.co.uk and that is almost it i'll come to frapper signups but first here is uh kelvin jones's diary of a entrepreneur hi i'm kelvin jones and this is diary of a entrepreneur entry number three so um last couple of months I've been quite busy so I'm going to really try and fly through the things that I've been up to um, okay first of all since last entry first thing I did was I met with a business advisor um, that was kind of suggested to me from um, Business Inc London and initially it was quite good um, it, it was good just to know that I was kind of going along the right lines with with the things that I've been doing, uh, uh, you know, since the the turn of the year, um, but really, apart from that, it really wasn't that much help. You know, the person, obviously, the person I was speaking to hadn't run their own business and was just going based on theory. And seeing as I'd been using the internet to look at all of 
the kind of theory behind business uh it, it just kind of you know i didn't learn anything they, they were just kind of kind of replaying things back to me that i already knew so in terms of how much help it was not a great deal um after i met with a business advisor um I registered my company at Company's House, and that was um, a relatively painless process. Um, I used a, a company called CompanyWizard.co.uk, and I just signed up there, went through a kind of wizard. Um, it asked me a few questions, um, and it was very straightforward. So that, relative to other things, was um, quite a joy, actually. <laughs> um, anyone else wants to use another company, you could just Google for a limited company formation. And there are loads of different places, uh, different websites that allow you to register a company without going through the whole manual paper-based process. After that, I um, wrote my business plan. Initially, that was very difficult. Um, I really hit a barrier with that just in terms of the motivation, just getting the motivation to... Uh, to write down all this stuff everyone kept on telling me that I needed to write a business plan I kind of knew that I needed to write it however the the overwhelming urge I had was just to ignore it and just get on with, with doing my website and just getting something done however I kind of stuck to it and I put some time aside just a few hours just to sit down and, and write it and in the end I ended up spending quite a lot of time on it and it was a very valuable exercise for me not not really just to show people like this is my business plan this is what i want to do um and this is how i plan to make money but more just to tell you know just to show myself how i plan to do it and just to think through all of the different um aspects that i needed to consider um so that actually you know doing the forecasting although obviously the figures i come up with are going to be far from perfect it was just good to go through that process in my mind um yeah so i, I definitely <laughs> would urge anyone um to to stick to the uh business plan i think it the, the fruits that it, it bears are um are quite valuable after that um I set up a business bank account and this was a lot more trouble than I thought it would be. I thought this would be one of the quite straightforward tasks. Um, the level of unprofessionalism, if that's a word, that I came across with the kind of major high street banks uh, quite shocked me. Um, you know, one certain high street bank who um, claimed to be the best for startups. Uh, left me waiting 30 minutes just for an initial appointment that I'd already booked and I thought that was ridiculous if that's how you're going to do business then thank you very much but to be honest I didn't find it much better elsewhere in the end I just just decided to open an account with a bank that I was familiar with um, and just went on from there uh, after that I attended my first ever business networking event I went to Web, Wed Web Wednesdays in London um, that was really good fun um, it was very social, met some really interesting people, and yeah, it was just a good laugh. I, you know, I don't tend to have that much time to go out and get drunk anymore, uh, and that was a perfect opportunity, so it's definitely, it's definitely a good laugh. Um, and whilst now I'm going to be focusing on developing a website, once I've done that, it's definitely something um, which I'm going to be attending more often, uh, Web Wednesdays. It was good fun, and I really enjoyed the people I met. 
after that, I've um, hired my first designer to design my website. Um, so that's kind of just kick-started everything's first person. You know, I've actually started to fork money out to. <laughs> so uh, that in turn kind of led to me to start really thinking about how I'm going to go about setting up accounts and stuff and that's kind of unresolved at the moment um i posted a a post on the small biz pod um network site um which was really helpful um and you should go check out that site if if you know if you just want to talk to people it's just a really great place just to get a bit of advice and that's really it. that's what i've been doing last last couple of months uh, it's been quite chocker um yeah, just a couple of useful links um, that I found helpful over um, well the, the, a couple of months ago when I was writing my business plan. Um, one is businessplanarchive.org, which you have to register with, but once you register, you get access to a whole load of kind of businessy documents, including business plans, and that's cool just to get an idea of how other people write their plans. And there's quite a vast array of different styles, uh, but that was very helpful seeing as my um, my local uh, business advisors uh, didn't really give give me much helpful information in that direction. Um, and following on from my last entry, uh, I got a great suggest uh, great link from Nick Morton to bplans.co.uk, and they have a a ton of sample business plans on there that will um, kind of set you on your way. So that's really what I've been up to. And um, thanks very much for everyone who sent in feedback uh, to the diary. And uh, as always, feedback is, uh, is, is welcome. If you have any comments or suggestions, then uh, send an email to Alex. Okay, that's about it for now. And I'll speak to you next time. Thanks. Back to you, Alex. Bye. Thanks a lot, Kelvin. And uh, yeah, great. You're getting down to the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty and know where you're going. And I'm personally fascinated to find out what it is. I think I've said you said before what it is Kelvin is planning. So I, I, I don't know how close we are to launch. Maybe I can extract some information from him when he's drunk at the chinwag party in July. We'll see. Uh, but also, um, if if Kelvin, you wanted any specific questions for from answered from from small biz pod listeners uh, to help you on your your journey to setting up the the business then um yeah do do email me do do email me get skype me and, and let me know um and uh, yeah we'll put those out and collect some more feedback for you so um that's just about it thanks very much kelvin for for sending that in and just a couple of quick sort of shout outs to uh vincent cordula from nottingham who has just signed up to the Frapper Map. And uh, we've got a lot of animals signed up for the Frapper Map. In this case, Martin Peacock, he's not an animal, he's, he's an Irishman from Kildare, um, but his picture is of a ferret. Um, and uh, he just simply says, respect for the ferrets, the batsmen that go in after the rabbits. Now that to me sounds like a, a business saying that you really ought, all ought to bear in mind. So thank you very much, Martin, for that. And then, uh, I'm really excited, I, I, there's a net label which has a lot of really, really great drum and bass tracks, and I'm a big fan of drum and bass, and it's called Exogene, and they finally came back to me and said they would be very happy uh, to allow me to play their artists' tracks occasionally at the end of Small Biz Pod. So, uh, I, I'm really pleased to uh, introduce the first Exogene artist to appear on Small Biz Pod, 
Uh, the guy is called Martsman, and this track is called Roads, and it's a unbelievable uh, experimental drum and bass track. It's a kind of like a bohemian rhapsody of the drum and bass world, and, and you'll kind of see what I mean when you get into it. It is absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, well, you you you, choose, you you decide for yourselves. Uh, that's what I think anyway. Um, really enjoyable. And here it is, Martsman Rhodes, with big thanks to Exegene. (laughs) 